my podcast where the dark corners are. Hello, my name is Vina, and I am your Dark Travels hostess. Tonight, we head to the city, and by the city, I mean San Francisco. Not only is San Francisco my home, my heart, but it is also the home of the Trans-American Building, the Great Golden Gate, (laughs) Alcatraz, and oh, so much more. So, Let's go dark. We'll start with one of the most iconic features of San Francisco, the Golden Gate Bridge. Open for business, or rather, open for crossing in 1937, the Golden Gate Bridge is about 1.7 miles in length, and it connects Marin County to the city by the bay. Sadly, since its opening, more than 1,500 suicides have occurred on the Golden Gate Bridge. And sadly, the tormented souls of the dead jumpers continue to haunt their place of suicide. It is said that on dark, foggy nights, their lingering spirits can be seen roaming the walkways, and witnesses often hear their screams as if they're reliving their final plunge. Pun totally intended. And what's worse... Some suspect that the lingering tormented ghosts are also searching for their next victim because some people have experienced the feeling of being pulled towards the edge of the bridge themselves. Now, I have myself walked the bridge. It's a little cold, it's a little windy, and it's kind of cool. However, these lost souls aren't the only thing that haunt the Golden Gate Bridge. However, these lost souls aren't the only thing haunting the Golden Gate Bridge. Now, many witnesses who you know walk the walkways have reported seeing old ships that disappear in the fog when they pass the haunted steel towers of the Golden Gate Bridge. And this includes a very highly documented incident in November of 1942. To set the stage... This is actually nearly a year after Pearl Harbor in America was definitely on high alert for anything suspicious. So here's what happened. As they approached the Golden Gate Bridge, the crew members of the USS Kennison stared in amazement as an outmodeled SS Tennessee, a steamer ship, sailed past them near the gate. The SS Tennessee steamer left awake in the water but nothing registered on the Kennison's radar. The issue? In 1853, the SS Tennessee steamer fell victim to the notorious Golden Gate Current and sank to the bottom of the bay. So basically, the crew 
of the USS Kennison saw the ghost ship of the SS Tennessee. You see, the Golden Gate section of the bay has long believed to have such strong currents, combined with the dangerous rocks, the blinding fog, and forceful winds, that it has actually caused as many as 300 shipwrecks in the waters just west of the Golden Gate Bridge. And these wrecks date as far back as the Gold Rush of 1849. And we're not just talking merchant ships, I'm also talking about several tankers, and military ships. In fact, people built much of San Francisco's northeastern marina on top of the ships that they purposely sank in order to claim the area as land. Remember the 1989 earthquake and why the marina area of San Francisco was hit so hard? Well, it's because it was built on top of soil and sunken ships. But I digress. The visitors of the Golden Gate have claimed to have seen mysterious old ships disappearing into the fog, and people have heard phantom screaming from drowning ghosts, again, reliving their final moments. And, as if to confirm these ghostly apparitions, in 2014, a graveyard of sunken ships was discovered just west of the bridge. Like I said earlier, we're talking over 300 ships who met their unfortunate fate in this area. Another iconic feature in San Francisco is rock. <laughs> okay. I clearly cannot do Sean Connery. But I am talking about Alcatraz. A brief history. In 1775, you heard that correct, in 1775, before we as a nation declared our independence from England, the Spanish explorer Juan Manuel de Ayala mapped the island that he would later name La Isla de los Alcatraces, or in English, the Island of the Pelicans. America, when we, you know, buy this land from Mexico, 1821, uh, <laughs> in the Treaty of Guadalupe, um, we would actually rename it Alcatraz Island. And in 1850, President Fillmore would sign an order reserving the island for military use. So, in the 1850s, a fortress was constructed along with some 100 cannons. The intent was to protect the San Francisco Bay. Now, about this time, two important things were also happening. One, Alcatraz became home to the West Coast first operational lighthouse, and the second, it was to become a military prison, isolated from the mainland by the strong, cold waters of the San Francisco Bay, it was considered an ideal location for a prison, as it was assumed that no prisoner would dare attempt to escape by swimming and actually survive. Its first set of prisoners Confederate sympathizers and citizens accused of treason during the American Civil War. Now, Alcatraz has also housed a number of rebellious, rebellious being in quotation marks, Native Americans, including 19 Hopis from the Arizona Territory, where they were sent to the prison in 1949 because of a land disagreement with the federal government. So basically... They got into an argument, and instead of settling with them, the feds just rounded them up and sent them to Alcatraz. 
And so since this is a military prison on top of everything else, the inmate population gained some more inmates during the Spanish-American War. And what exactly did they do to keep the inmates busy? Well, during the early 20th century, we're talking the 1900s, the inmates actually began further construction on the island as they built a new cell house, a hospital, a mess hall, and other prison buildings. Then, in 1933, the Army relinquished Alcatraz to the U.S. Department of Justice, which wanted to use this prison as a federal prison that could house a criminal population too difficult or too dangerous to be handled in other penitentiaries. In short, they wanted a place of the prison system's prison, a place where the most disruptive inmates could be sent to live under sparse conditions with very few privileges. And, of course, this means some seriously well-known criminals like gangster Al Scarface Capone, George Machine Gun Kelly, and Robert the Birdman of Alcatraz Stroud. And, yes, naturally people did try to escape from Alcatraz because people, especially criminals, (laughs) like to attempt the impossible feat. As it stands, there were at least 14 known attempts. I don't know why that's only just known, but uh, at least 14 known attempts to escape Alcatraz involving a total of 36 inmates. Of those 36 inmates, 23 were captured, 6 were shot, and uh, conveniently died during their attempt. 2 drowned, 5 went missing, and were presumed dead. Thanks to the rising costs of maintaining the island as a prison, the federal government closed the prison in 1963. However, you cannot have a harsh place of imprisonment without leaving ghastly imprints on the buildings or the land itself. So what does that mean for us? It means that visitors and staff alike have heard the sounds of men in heated conversations, moans, sobs, screaming, whistling, and clanging metal doors. In fact, one park ranger once reported the sound of banjo music playing from one of the showers. And naturally, when he went to inspect the showers, there was nobody and nothing there. It's interesting because for all of their tough-on-criminals approach, (laughs) apparently, even Al Capone kind of got away with a few things because he was allowed to not only have a banjo, but he was allowed to play it in the shower. And it is believed that it is his spirit that still plays the banjo in the shower. There's even stories of an entity called The Thing, which has glowing red eyes and a terrible smell. And when you check out this place, and I hope you do, I've been there a couple of times myself. I, I can't vouch to any paranormal experiences, But the main area of interest is D Block. Known to be the most haunted block of all the prison, this is where the worst of the worst inmates were locked up, and more specifically, cell number 12 and cell number 14D. But these paranormal activities have been going on for decades, even before the prison was shut down and turned to a national park. In fact, it was the prison guards that started hearing the sobbings and the moanings and the terrible smells. And, you know, seeing the entity of the thing 
It's actually the prison guards that say, we're seeing these apparitions, we're hearing these noises, and um, having phantom prisoners and soldiers actually appearing before the guards and the family members, because I don't know, a lot of people may not know this, but when the guards went to work there, they actually brought their families. There was housing for their families for the guards there as well. But either way, phantom prisoners and soldiers actually appeared before guards and their family members while everyone lived on the island. Now, to get here, you're obviously going to have to purchase a ferry ticket. And because I haven't been to Alcatraz in a significant amount of time, I can't recommend a company. But, you know, definitely Google, Google, go with a company that you feel comfortable with. And they usually provide the ferry ticket and the entrance to the prison. Now, heading back to the city, I want to talk about an interesting place called the Neptune Society San Francisco Colibarium. I probably mispronounced that. Now, this Neptune Society Columbarium uh, was once part of the Oddfellows Cemetery. And this particular columbarium, which, again, I'm probably mispronouncing, but it is 11 letters in this word, so forgive me. It actually has over 30,000 cremated remains. Open for business since 1898, this gorgeous place has been the site of some seriously eerie hauntings. People have actually seen ghosts basically restlessly walking around, and it is said you can actually spot them, especially at night. And if you're not seeing them, other people have said, I have felt their presence. In fact, one visitor even claimed that they felt the sensation of an icy hand on her back, but when she turned around, there was nobody there. And the most disturbing part about it is, is that there was a white handprint left on the woman's dark shirt exactly where she felt the icy hand touch her. And the even bigger creepy part about this, again, this is for cremated remains. So what was the residue left on the lady's shirt? That's super creepy. However, there is one ghost in particular, and that is of a little girl. Security guards, caretakers, and other staff have reported seeing the ghost of this little girl who is dressed in Victoria-style clothing. She apparently likes to walk around the circular levels of the columbarium. Um, and visitors have also reported hearing footsteps accompanied by childish giggling up on those levels as well. Now, they don't know who she is, but based on her era-time clothing, it is believed that she was one of the victims of the earthquake that devastated San Francisco in 1906. A few famous people that are buried there or cremated or their ashes are there, scary, <laughs> is Harvey Milk, as you would know, as the first openly gay man elected into public office. He was the mayor of San Francisco. Jose Santana, who is the father of rock guitarist Carlos Santana, he, his ashes are there. And Jerry Ghoul, and you would know his handiwork because he was a Muppeteer and writer for the Muppets. Get it? His handiwork. Okay. <laughs> Located at One Lorraine Court near Stanion and Anza Street, it's just north of the Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. 
And speaking of the Golden Gate Park, it is said that the Golden Gate Park is truly one of the most insanely haunted places in San Francisco. So let's talk about that. There is the story of the Lady of the Lake, also known as the White Lady of Stowe Lake. Now, Stowe Lake is actually a man-made lake created in the park. You can kind of see it, and there's a, there's a really nice Chinese pavilion next to it. But for this particular ghost, she is barefoot, she has fair hair, and she's dressed in a dirty white dress. And, and sadly, it is said that she is constantly looking for her baby who had accidentally rolled into this man-made lake and drowned while she was busy chatting with another woman. And if you do see her, she will actually come you know, she does actually approach people, and when she does, she's in a frantic look, and she's asking people, have you seen my baby, have you seen my baby, before she vanishes. There are also reports of the woman drifting up out of the lake, of Stowe Lake, in order to plea with visitors to help her find her baby. So, she's coming at you in a couple ways. I think I would be really more scared if she came out of the lake. As opposed to just frantically running up to me. But either way, I've seen this lake. It's a, I mean, it's Golden Gate, uh, but it's it's a, a you know, picturesque. And like I said, there's a beautiful Chinese pavilion right next to it. Another curious paranormal occurrence that actually happens around a statue called the Pioneer Mother, which is also near Still Lake. And I've actually seen this statue. I didn't know at the time that I had seen the statue, this particular statue that she has paranormal activity around her. So this statue is actually meant to honor pioneer women of the Old West and was placed in Golden Gate Park in 1940. The statue is of a woman with outstretched arms welcoming two children. It's a little creepy because the kids are naked, so I'm not really cool with that. But with the outstretched arms, it, the pose is suggesting that there's room for a third or anybody who you know needs a, a mother. So, so what's going on with this statue? Apparently, it's been known to move, like moving its head from side to side as if looking for something, maybe a missing child or, you know, just glancing over. It's, it's, uh, its face has been known to make, to change facial expressions, even distorting her face into a hideous, twisted expression. And people have reported sometimes that either her head or her arm will disappear. And on top of all this, people have also reported hearing the sounds of disembodied children's laughter near this statue. So, again, I mean, you could take a look at the pictures. That's not going to help you with your experiences, but you at least know what you're looking for when you walk Golden Gate Park. However, she's not the most interactive ghost that the Golden Gate Park has. The most interactive ghost is actually the ghost of a cop. That's right. So this cop apparently died while on duty at the park, and it is said that his restless spirit is said to be roaming and issuing tickets to those who commit traffic violations. Yes, correct. I said that. <laughs> this man has nothing better to do in the afterlife than to continue to issue tickets to people alive. 
And it's interesting because unsuspecting victims only learn of this apparition, only learn of this ghostly guy when they go to pay their fine. And it's then they learn that the officer who issued the ticket actually died years ago. In fact, this, this entire situation to this day still baffles the local police about this occurrences. So if you ever get pulled over or, you know, signaled down by an officer, make, you know, make sure he has a pulse. Uh, but don't worry. The ghost officer does actually stay in the park, and if you leave, he won't follow you out. So Golden Gate's got a lot of going on. Golden Gate Park has a lot of going on. Now, shifting a little bit from the paranormal, I did want to mention a museum whose topic is near and dear to my heart. So, little known fact about me, I am a huge, huge Disney fanatic. So, it should come to no surprise that I would like to quickly discuss the Disney Family Museum. Designed and created by Diana Disney Miller, Walt Disney's daughter, comes the Disney Family Museum. This museum is focused on her dad, Walt Disney, his vision, and a selection of his creations. It's basically like a walkthrough of his timeline from his youth, his early works, finding success via, you know, Mickey Mouse, his vision for growth and the technology that had to be developed in route to support his visions. I mean, you know, the tiki, the tiki bar, automatronics, is definitely something Disney developed so that he can have that available for Disneyland. So, it again, it, this is all part of the museum. It also includes his vision for Disneyland, which also includes his vision for Disneyland, again, with the, the technology. And it also includes a model of Cinderella's castle, as well as the park itself. Now, there is a second building regarding Disney's contribution to World War II. Disney also drew pinup art drawings for the soldiers. Adult admission is 25. Senior admission is 20. Student admission is 20. Youth admission being ages from 6 to 17 is 15. Any children under 5 are free. If you bring your military ID, you're free. If you bring your military ID for your family, it's for free. If you did want to go into the second building, the World War II, adults, $15, seniors $15, students $15, 6, six to 17-year-olds 5 Again, nothing for kids, military, and military active family. Now, this place is located at 104 Montgomery Street, San Francisco, the Presidio. And in looking at the Yelp reviews and the TripAdvisor information, a lot of people have said, I cannot believe I've spent up to four or five hours here. You can easily spend six hours here. It's just Absolutely amazing. And this actually makes a lot of sense because Walt Disney did a lot of things. And he created a lot of things. So you could spend anywhere from two to six hours, apparently. Now, they did actually just recently close it for COVID. But again, we are now in the midst of starting to disperse the vaccines. Yay! So, you know... If you're interested, if you're a Disney fanatic, you didn't know about it, and you're just totally revved up to go, just keep you know checking out their website. I have no doubt, you know, like everywhere else, as soon as people start getting vaccinated and 
policies are going to start changing and things are going to start opening up. So, yay! Now, obviously checking out these haunted places or Mickey Mouse, you might want to have a nice meal along the beach. Located seven miles north of Half Moon Bay and about 25 miles south of San Francisco. Off of Highway 1 is the Moss Beach Distillery Cafe. Now, and I've actually been here, and I actually enjoyed it. Built by Frank Torres in 1927, it was initially called Frank's Place. And as Frank's Place, it operated as a speakeasy, and it was popular with famous people like the silent film stars, the writer Dashiell Hammett, and San Francisco politicians, which is why apparently that explains why it was never raided during probation. However, this place is also known for its ghostly apparition, the Blue Lady. Over the years, both staff and customers alike have reported such phenomenon as moving objects, having that eerie sensation that makes you feel like you're not alone when you are alone, and has even that eerie sensation has even prompted customers to ask whether or not the restaurant is haunted. Now, from the 1930s to the 1960s, the Blue Lady was actually very active and more visible, but apparently nowadays, she's more into playing pranks and causing mischief. In fact, these pranks and mischief and mayhem range from levitating checkbooks, locking doors, or stealing jewelry, earrings more specifically. In fact, because people were well aware of the Blue Lady, psychics have been coming to this place to make contact with her. Per psychic Annette Martin, the Blue Lady is Elizabeth Claire Donovan, who prefers to be called Caddy. Now, there are actually various theories about Caddy, but the most common one is that in the 1930s, she was married and she had left an abusive husband. She was working at Frank's place, and she became involved with the piano man. One night, her husband came down, found her, got into a fight with her lover on the secluded beach below Frank's place, and even though there aren't any really reliable records of what actually occurred, but it is said that the very next morning after this altercation, Elizabeth was found stabbed to death on the beach. Uh, and it is presumed that she was murdered by her husband. And even though the lover was injured in the fight, was back at playing the piano, the husband disappeared and was never found. And it is believed that to this day that Elizabeth continues to search for her lover at this distillery. Now, if you'd like to dine with Elizabeth, or rather the Blue Lady, her favorite spot is in the main dining room, but other paranormal investigators have said she also does like the dining room in the lower level. Although you should be warned, there are people who have reported seeing the Blue Lady in the ladies' room. Now, I've actually been here. It's actually a very decent, it was nice, restaurant. And I did actually go to the bathroom with the hopes of seeing the Blue Lady, seeing her image. And I didn't have that experience but I did have like a little creepy sensation, but I mean, I would not constitute that as a paranormal experience. Nothing really substantial. It could have just been me freaking myself out. I don't know. 
But either way, if you do go there, you should be aware that this restaurant does actually like to play to the ghost theme as they have some fun tricks like the bar stools will move up and down on their own and the chandeliers will swing side to side thanks to a swinging device. Granted, these gimmicks actually lose credence to the paranormal stories related to this place, but the blue lady was spotted long before the, the owners added these features. So I do actually think this is a legitimate haunting. Again, she was more active between the 1930s to the 1960s, and I do believe that, that, that those reports are legitimate. So moving forward, and after a wonderful haunted meal, you might be inclined to have a good night's haunted rest at the Queen Anne Hotel. Built in the 1890s, the Queen Anne is a gorgeous and historical Victorian-style hotel. Located near the Pacific Heights and Japantown districts, this stunning beauty managed to survive the 1906 earthquake that destroyed most of the city. Originally a school for young girls, it was also the residence of a very passionate teacher and headmistress named Miss Mary Lake. Miss Lake lived in room number 410 of the school. However, when the school shut down, Miss Mary left brokenhearted due to her attachment to the school. Today, her room, again, room 410, has a lot of paranormal activity going on. People have captured orbs in her room. People have felt the presence of Miss Mary. And people have reported unusual sounds with no apparent cause. And they have reported unsettling tapping. In addition to all of this, people have also reported the sensation of someone touching, even stroking their hair when they're all alone in Miss Mary's room. As for the rest of the hotel, visitors have reported seeing Miss Mary walking down the halls. They have even captured shadow figures moving throughout the rooms of the hotel. And on one of the floors, guests can find the bishop's chair. And it is said that when people sit in the bishop's chair and put their arms on the armrest, it feels like someone had placed a hand on their arm in a comforting fashion. This chair, the, the bishop chair, reportedly dates back to when Miss Lake was the head mistress. Located at 1590 Sutter Street, if you book directly on their website, you can save 10%. So check them out, see how gorgeous this place is, and if you stay there, let me know how it goes. I've actually never been there, but I have passed it several times. All right, so that is all I have for San Francisco, but there is so much more to this amazing city. So clearly, I gotta come back. But for now, just some quickie businessy stuff. I'm on Facebook, guys. Take a look around. If you wanna join, send a request. I'm still collecting listener tales. Again, paranormal experiences that you've had while traveling anywhere or places that we've already discussed, that you've been to, and want to share those experiences, you know, send me an email. But in all, if you have a place that you would someday like to see where their dark corners are, or have a specific tourist attraction in mind, you can send me an email at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. So, until next time, please remember, only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, 
which is why I hope to meet you where the dark corners are. (laughs) 